I'm gonna roll, man. We're rolling. We're just rolling? Yeah, we're just gonna do it. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is the best way to do it. Yeah. Because then we could just do it like it's a conversation anyway. It is a conversation. Um, I have a, we have a sponsor today. We have a sponsor? <laughs> yeah, we have a sponsor. Nice. So the, uh, the now official sponsor of the Keep, of the Keep Shooting subscription, or the, of the Keep Shooting podcast, is uh, Five Star Hiring. So Five Star Hiring was founded by a former colleague of mine, James Grugan. James assisted me in the transition from student-athlete to the corporate world. He now has started a staffing agency focusing on placing current and former student-athletes. Check them out at fivestarhiring.net, an excellent resource for student-athletes as well as employers. Again, the five-star hiring at fivestarhiring.net. Killed it. Yeah, he, uh, so he started this company. He, he actually got me my first job at J.G. Wentworth. You remember J.G. Wentworth? I know, the commercials, right? 877 Cash Now. Yeah, there we go. And he got me my job there, and he had, like, this whole idea for, like, taking student-athletes. Because, I don't know for you, but, like, me, that transition from basketball, basketball, basketball to figure it out, was that was tough. Like, that was super tough for me. Yeah. And he was like, student-athletes have such a... Uh, thought they had so much to give, right? And so he's, his whole thing was like, I need to find a way to place them in jobs. So at J.G. Wentworth, he would always take basketball players and place them in jobs. And now he started his own company where he's taking just student-athletes all over. It's funny them. because I never actually made that transition. Right? It was basketball working out, and that was all I knew. And it came time to actually like put a life together. Right? I got done playing, and nothing made sense to me. Like I started training people because there was nothing else. There was no J.G. Wentworth. There was no other option i couldn't see myself in an office so i was just i didn't have a guy like that right but what year did you start training well we need to introduce you oh i'm bobby white (laughs) (laughs) this is this is a long time coming how long have we tried to put this like three probably three years two years years. yeah probably three years well the key the the podcast has only been maybe two years yeah but i think it's like we've been talking about getting together for for like for like three years all right so bobby white is here mr good drill himself now we can now we can go. Yeah. So what year was that? When you st- when you got out of college and you So I graduated out- college. I actually didn't graduate college. I'm real close. I need uh, 12 more credits, but that would have been 2011. I got out of college. I was uh, kind of up to no good for a little bit doing nothing. I was going to join the army because that was like I don't know what else to do. Uh, that fell through and then it was I still have no what else no idea what to do. So I reached out to my trainers from high school and college, both on the strength side and on the basketball side. I'm like, what do I have to do for work for you? On the skill side, he's like, just come start. And then on the strength side, it's like, read this book, get these certifications Certified, yeah, yeah. and uh, come through our apprenticeship process. I was like, all right, perfect. Yeah. That has to be crazy. Like to me, 2011, I never grew up. I guess I never started training until like you could just put stuff on social media Yeah. in 2011 probably a bit before right it was just starting it, it was just starting people were like were figuring just, it out you were just posting pictures i wasn't even posting i was like this is stupid because there's no video it. there was no video there was no video yet i don't think so i think video came in like 2016 Maybe or 2015 14, somewhere around there, i don't yeah. know i didn't get on instagram until 2016 yeah so i don't uh, that whole that whole world before yeah. then was like was i was crazy. like completely against it at first <laughs> you just i feel like you still are kind of yeah it. yeah Oh, I look at like everything out there and it's just so you talk about it all the time, like so much noise. Yes. And it's so confusing. I couldn't imagine being a 15 year old, 16 year old today with the amount of guys like us putting yeah. out information, information. So I look at it like 
should I just not put out anything because I don't like it? Or should I try to put out a message that I believe in right. and maybe captivate an audience and actually give them simple methods right. and try to quiet the noise by getting them to listen to my noise, I guess? Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. Like, I open it sometimes. Like, I open it and I'm like, what? what? Like, what is what is happening? You know what I mean? So I, I guess it, it has to be. It was like that quote. I put that quote up. Everybody's... Uh, Swim, what what is it? Swimming in information, but drowning, drown, or drowning in information, drowning information starving, for starving for wisdom. Yeah, it's like it's like that's what it that's what it feels. I mean, like. This is where good drill came from, right? I mean, I was being completely sarcastic, making fun that like everybody, every trainer out there. This is the best drill for jumping high. This is the best for this. And I'm sitting here writing these long captions, not getting any attention. And I'm like, no, the, the drills don't matter. <laughs> like they really like yeah. There, there's good drills or whatever, but it really doesn't matter as much as the attention behind it, what you're trying to accomplish. Is it getting closer to your goal? Is it bringing something right. out of you? Right. Right. Where we put so much, it, like we put so much into what the program is, what the drill is, but what's your intention behind right. it? Where's your right. focus? Right. And that's why I started doing the good drill. I got tired of writing long captions and I thought it was funny. Well, dude, <laughs> I love, well, I love it. And then I have like, so the kids that I work with both virtually and then some kids in person too, they, they they love your stuff, and they'll tell, like they'll they'll show like they'll send me videos of them doing your stuff. Yeah, that you probably never have had contact with no. ever, and and they'll they'll put like in the caption of like trying some Bobby White stuff today. Yeah, and it's just really cool to me. Like, it's cool to me because I feel like I have the type of kids that I work with that are very like um, since I'm so niche, right? Like you have to be extremely like focused and detailed on on like how we do things, and so them carrying over to seeing what you do i feel is like a really cool thing because they obviously like there's something that resonates there in terms of a carryover of just the the detail what makes sense all that kind of stuff so i think that's really cool when i get those uh when yeah, i get those what messages. you're doing with just the niche of shooting i came in and you know to be successful you want to be an expert in one thing right right and People, were, I, I was so drawn to the the strength and conditioning, the athletic performance world, and also basketball. I loved both. Right. And people are telling me, just pick one because you want to be an expert in one thing. And I'm like, why can't my one thing be the complete basketball athlete? Right. And really, nobody was doing that at the time ten years ago. Now you're starting to see more hybrid hybrid trainers like pop up and start doing it. Yeah. But that was I'm, I just put my head down and I started studying both worlds: skill development and. Uh, athletic performance and you went through impossible for a bit right i did that for a bit yeah i had a funny my i was i went to high school with dj sackman gotcha and that was kind of what got me like great oh, head of hair yeah awesome hair great head of hair <laughs> yeah proud of that <laughs> uh and i saw him doing it and i was doing like small time stuff aau small you know right. whatever and i see him like blown up on social media i'm like what is this and i I, I saw it. He's like, all right, we have, there's a certification coming up down in North Carolina. I had zero money at the time. I spent everything I had just for the plane ticket and the hotel. And I get down. I fly down to uh, North Carolina. I'm this is an impossible And at the time, they, were, they wouldn't certify just anybody. It was cool. It was like they were only certifying people that went through the process and made it and stood out as different. They were like... Mm maybe 15 20 trainers at the time under the umbrella gotcha so it was like something that was coveted it, was, it looked cool and so i went down there and i get to the hotel and i i had no extra money and they tell me you need to put a hundred dollar deposit for the hotel for the hotel for incidentals and i'm I like I, th I think i started crying 
<laughs> like, I really think I started crying. What were you going to eat, dude? I, I, whatever. I wasn't worried about that. I had to get the certified. <laughs> you know, this is how I, I was driven. I hear you. Right? I, hear you. I was, wasn't worried about food. So I call my, and it's like two o'clock in the morning and I have to call my dad and he has to, we have to end up giving his credit card information to the hotel so I can stay the night. And then I got on first possible certified. Was the, was the certification one day? Uh, it was, it was a weekend. It was two days. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. Why North Carolina? Uh, that's where Micah Lancaster was at the time. Uh, the house okay. down there that like players could actually come and stay in. And it was like the basement had a huge high ceiling. It was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's crazy. Like those stories. It's funny. Like you saying you saw DJ doing it. Um, because you know, Reed out in Minnesota. Yeah. I talked to him all the time. Right. So Reed was like, he tweeted something the other day about him, like a similar type situation. Like he started to train. He hooked on with DJ somehow. Yeah. And like he, then he yeah. started. He worked with his, me for two years in my they, gym. It's, yeah. it's like such a small world. It's man. not very big once you get. It's yeah. such a small world. Yeah. And I love that guy. Yeah, Reed's awesome. He's he's a he's a character too, man. He's a character. That's really cool though. That's I I, I just think everybody's. It's like your origin. It's like your origin story. Are you a better? Are you a better trainer or hunter? Trainer. Are you a better dog trainer? I, I only have one product right now. I only have one <laughs> dog, so I can't really speak to how good I am. I'm really good with my one dog, and I put probably more time into that dog than my athletes at this point. It's fascinating to me. That one time we were on the phone, and you were like, "I'm just you were knee deep in in hunting, hunting dog training." That's how I am. <laughs> it, I, whatever, if I do something, it's all the way i love it dude. it's yeah i get this dog and then I, I it just spirals into this to this i want to become an expert at things I love and then i guess it's kind of it's not as quickly as possible but i i, I do these deep dives right. into things and i've been like that my whole life where i didn't really ever i didn't have like one friend i didn't just hang out with the basketball players i, I was right. i've always like been into different things that are outside the box that like consume me right and i end up getting i wouldn't say like a complete expertise but i get very good at things because that's what i'm I want to master it. Right. And uh, it's whatever. Yeah. And this is like a terrible segue, but like, I feel like you going all into things. I'm super happy for you because you went all into this program that you're now doing. Yes. And we have to plug. I'm going to, we have to plug. Yeah, that's great. Right. So I want you to, if you can kind of just outline, like you said, your thing was, why can't my one thing be, almost you know the perfect basketball player in a sense right or the the strength conditioning side the skill side all that kind of stuff what was your idea and how you want it i love the program because it's you like i got to see it and i got like the way that you talk through it it's it's just like i'm talking to you in any in any kind of way right so it's not like it's any like a, a fluff type type program but what was the motivation behind doing it and then what do you want to accomplish like what do you want to ultimately accomplish with it I, I, I see a need for it. Right. Like there's a, kids need to get stronger. Right. Athletes need to get stronger. They need to get faster. They need to work on their bodies and they also need to develop skill. And I've never seen anything out there that is an all encompassing program that right. you can develop both. And it, I, I made it as simple as possible. Like on the strength side of things, it, we can, you have different variations. How many exercise variations are posted in, on any given day on social right. media? Right. Nine billion. Right. Right. You don't need right. nine billion exercise variations. No. You need consistent 
and correct work. Right. So I, I laid out the strength program as three phases and they're very simple programs. And if you kind of lean towards one of them at the end, once you get done with the third phase, there's a whole, you, you can do one of them for an entire year and build right. off it. So it's like a small dose of a strength, three different strength programs that now you can take. And if you want to learn more about this one, there's a book on it, right? right? There's right. an expert in this that actually wrote an entire book right. on this phase. And on the skill aspect, I so much of training has become crossover at this cone, do mm. this exact move, uh, go here and do this. And that's not how we perceive the game. That's not how we play when we're competing. We look at skill as your ability to do a crossover, but skill is not your ability to do a crossover at a cone. Skill is an emergent property, right? right? It is completely dependent on our environment. So skillful behavior is, was it effective, right? Did I create the right did I have to create the right decision, make the right decision, and do something that was effective in the game? And that takes actually perceiving the game, the environment, and then how we act in accordance with that. How do you handle within the pro, like, forget, not even just the program, in general, if you're working with a kid and you're going through skill type things, how do you handle reps? Like if a kid says, comes to you and he says, well, how many times do I need to do this? What's your answer? I don't care. I, it's not, I think that's the whole, the traditional training model is so geared to counting reps and counting right. time right. spent in the gym. I would rather a kid get five well-executed reps that are getting him closer to his goal than going out there with his dad and shooting a thousand shots a day, nonchalant, with no pressure, with no direct, with no, right. with no sense of something that's getting us better. Right. 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 So I, I, I created this program as like a blueprint for people to build on. So I'm going to, I, there's not big explanations for these drills. It's, it's quick 10, 20 second videos that are going to show you the starting position. And then I want you to explore this. I want right. you to create out of this where I'm going to show you the base position, the setup, kind of what we're after, but I want, you know, become your own athlete, become your own trainer. See, I think like that's the most powerful stuff. And I feel like, so I get like I ask you that question because I get the question all the time of, well, how many shots do I need to take? And my like my answer is either, well, how good do you want to be, right? Yeah. But it's it comes so much down to like you know the deliberate work. How attached are you to even what you're doing? So just like you said, I'd rather you spend ten minutes putting all you have into figuring this out and understanding it first, like the mindless thing. And I said it. I said I was saying this the other day. Like, are you are you uh, familiar with with Rose? R-O-W-E, results only work environments. No. So certain companies have adapted rows, right? So they it's almost like if you look at skills training as comparable to the traditional nine to five. Now you never worked in you never worked in nine to five, right? No, so when I was a kid. It'd be like it, I guess it may be a bit hard, but but it's not. So you show up, they say you have to put in this amount of hours, you have to do this from from this time to this time. You're here Monday through Friday Friday, that's it. There's no time within there almost to, to be creative or to, it's, it's not an atmosphere for like learning. It's a show up, do it, da, da, da. And I, they, certain companies started adopting these, these uh, procedures where it was like, we don't care when you're here. We don't, you know what I mean? Obviously certain type of work is like more creative work, but it's just, you need to produce. As long as you produce, I don't care what else, you know, you don't have to be here every day. Companies that do that on the creative side show crazy results, right? Yeah. And so 
to me, the basketball side should be that same exact mindset because we're, as a basketball player, you're creative as well. Like you're not a you're not a programmed machine. You're a creative. Yeah. You're 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 out there to create. And so that if I think if you if we just continue to push more towards that, it's a results only work environment. We're out here to get results. We're not here to waste time. We're not here to say I did this many reps, so I should be fine. I think that people would see parts of their game, whatever they're trying to do, just you know, grow exponentially that way. Yeah, it's like we're we're trying to get these kids to train perfectly when the game isn't perfect. Right. It doesn't make sense. Right. A, a well-executed crossover, well-executed jump shot in a training scenario where there's no pressure really doesn't matter that much if the kid's goal is to perform at a high level where there's going to be fans. There's going to be five guys on the other team that don't care about your feelings. There's going to be coaches. Yeah. Right. There's going to be all, I can go on and on with the variables that are in the, like the performance environment that aren't in a training environment. So how can I start looking at the environment yeah. of the game and actually starting to start infuse that stuff into my workouts to get them more comfortable. And the, the only way to get through fire, you know, you got to walk through the fire, right? right? You want to get more confident. You want to be able to deal with all these stressors. How can we start infusing these stressors into our training, right? And now when it comes time to a game, no, I don't know exactly what move is going to work. When we're playing basketball, it's right. not premeditated. Right, it's right. not, I'm going to go here, pump fake, go through. Yeah, we all kind of have our scripts that we go by, right? right? If, it's, if it's, you watch Harden come up with the ball through the legs, you watch KD go into a skip, you're probably a pump fake, you know, <laughs> shot kind of guy. I'm, I'm a, I'm a get-to-the-cup kind of guy. Oh, yeah. I, I body contact. Yeah. Usually I finish over, over yeah. people. Yeah. And then if people back off, then I shoot a jump shot. Right. But other than that, I'm just straight to the cup. Exactly. That's me. Yeah. So that completely got rid of my train of thought, but I'm glad you got that in. <laughs> so but no, you're right. The, I partly brought this up too because, and then what you just explained, you had a really cool post the other day about talking about the other teams going crazy, the fans are going crazy. What are you going to do? Right, right. Because that's just gonna, like I guess traditionally you're going to be sped up, right? And then you're talking about that's not what we're doing. Right. We play our. We're we're going within us. Yeah. And we're not going to be sped up or controlled by all that other stuff around us. And it's such a like it's such a great to me. It's a but that's like another level of men, like mental conditioning, even getting to that point. Yeah, look at any great performer. Right. I don't LeBron, Jordan, Kobe. Go down the list and show me them with the ball in their hand and the even before the balls in their hand, how they're walking out onto the court. Right. right. How they're carrying themselves. Are they amped up? Let's go. Rah, rah. Ah. Yeah. No, they're calm. Yeah. They're assassins, right? They're, right? You've got, this is, you know, game seven, overtime, 50,000 fans, people screaming, and these guys are calm. Right. You know, right. and that's like, those are my favorite type of things. And like, how can I start to get my players where it's not just about, all right, let's get your jump shot better. Let's get you stronger. But how can I actually train you in a way get you in here where you leave and you walk different you right. carry yourself right. different you everywhere have, everywhere yeah. and it's i give my shirts out you know don't embarrass me by wearing a shirt yeah right i expect people that work with me to carry themselves and that even goes into the lunch room in the, ca the cafeteria right. at lunch are you the one that you see a kid over there sitting by yourself right you know are you gonna go sit with them right are you you know who are you and yeah. I, I want to address who they are as humans more than I do with who they are as athletes. That's see, I think that's our that's like obviously we we teach basketball, but it extends, it needs to extend so much beyond that. Yeah. Like I, my favorite thing is the books that kids now tell me they read. Yeah. Like yeah. Not, I don't like okay you you had twenty awesome, but the fact that like 
a parent or parent will come to me and be like, I'm buying all these books for him now. And yeah. he's never read before. Right. Like he just wants books. Like to me, now you're, it's just what you said. You're setting these kids up to conduct themselves away from the court in a way that's going to be just beneficial forever. Yeah. You know? And a lot of people, like, how do you teach that stuff? Right. Well, I have to learn about them. Right. I have to learn about them. I have to ask them questions. Who are they outside of, yeah, they came here to get a, a jump shot. They came here to get stronger. But who are they when they leave here? Right. And the more, the, one of the most brilliant things somebody ever told me, the, if you really want to help somebody, learn as much as you can about them. Right. right. The more you learn about them, the more you can help them. Right. And that's so much more important to me. Right. And that leads to a great jump shot. That right, leads right. to all the stuff that, that they came in for. Everything. Right. Because now that, that, and I open up to them. Right. So we start these conversations and just by showing my vulnerability, right, talking to them, getting honest with them, them going, like we build this rapport. Well, now they, they, they come in and they can be themselves. Yeah. And now I can start to take that and manipulate. And there's times where I'm really hard on kids. Yeah. Where I will, I'll I yell. can imagine. I can yeah, imagine. No, I can get, I can get on a kid. Yeah. Right. But I do it for a reason i'm right. not doing it because i enjoy it and the second i will i'll, I'll blow up on somebody that i know is, that, that isn't good at just to see how he responds yeah right a lot of my kids are scholarship level players and they're going to go to whatever college and now it's a business and right. this is going to happen at some point in their career again i want to i'm looking at the environment that they're yeah. trying to get to right right so i will infuse that where i'm that crazy coach i'm jumping up and down <laughs> and like foaming i right. foaming at the mouth right and then I bring them through it. I've had kids like try to come at me, right? And I love it because I bring it down to the end. I bring everybody in and I'll pick people. Don't single people out. I single people out all the time and I, and I single out everybody. It's not, I don't just single out. I'll single out the best. I'll single out the worst because I want them to, how, how are you going to respond at a college practice right. when right. you're singled out? Right. Learn how to respond. Are you going to talk back to the coach? You're going to keep your mouth shut like right. he wants you to right. and nod your head and say, yes, sir. So at the end, I bring them in and I explain that. I, I brought you through this to get you here, to see how you're going to respond to this. And that, like, and it's unbelievable. Right. And now they, they have no problem with it. You do that a couple of times. I don't have to do it anymore. I do it once. Right. It, you know, it's, it, it's one time where I go off on a kid and then explain to him why I did it. And I never have to do it again. Right. He learned something. That's all. We're, we're so, we're so opposite though. Like yeah. I, I think like, I think part of like my dad was always like, so like, I never remember, like, my dad ever raising his voice. And mine either. So, like, <laughs> I, like, I just, I just don't, like, I'm not that, like, when you, when you mention like, players, you don't see players like rah, rah, like, all that kind of stuff. I could never, I could never be that. Yeah. Like, I, I'm excited as hell to play the game. Yeah. But I'm not going, like, I, I, I just, I feel very comfortable being, like, with, like, who I am in that. Obviously, that's who you are, right? Yeah. But, like, for me in a gym. It's very, it's, it's quiet, like talking, right? Yeah. But I'm never, I'm never, yeah. I'm like, I'm never like yelling. Like it's, it's different. Also, I think that, um, the way that I view things sometimes on just the jump shot side is that a lot of people come to me. So like, we'll take for an example, like, uh, we'll get like, like a lot of overseas guys that are trying to extend their career. So they'll come into town and we'll work and they're already in this like fragile mindset yeah because of they can't shoot and now their career is going to depend on them being able yeah. to do it so like it's this weird line because you're not trying like it's i don't know it's it's strange like it's a weird is it 
to me, it's like two completely different things. But like a lot of times the people that I see are struggling up top versus yeah. anything else. So it's like this draw out the process, get them confidence and, and go into it. It's, but everybody's so different, man. Everybody's yeah. so different. And I don't always do that. It's not like I'm well, over. I mean, you're allowed to. Oh, yeah. I know I am. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm not, you're not changing my mind on, on why I do it. Right. No, it's not about that. But, like, it, it's so depend. Like, I think it, what you're saying. I don't so want this to come across treat, like I'm saying. Treat everybody equally, but not everybody needs to be treated the same. Right, 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 right. Where it's completely depend. If I've got pros that, that are proven pros or proven, they don't need that. Right. They've already, they, they've surpassed that. They've done that. Right. Or a young kid coming in the first time can't handle that. Right. It's knowing that like the appropriate amount of pressure. And that's where like the art of training comes in. Like the appropriate amount of How do you deal stress. with kids coming in for the first time? What do you, how do you like? I want them how, to love it. You want them to love it. I want them to love it. I want that's them awesome. to love me. I teach my, I want them to love me. I want them to love I want it to be an experience. Can you tell that they're like sensory overload? Yeah, I, like they're like. What so, is, but what I is get them through it. I get. Happening? I had a I had a new girl come in. She's third, fourth grade. She came in a couple weeks ago, cried the first session because she was messing up every drill. Yeah. And she went up to her dad during the first water break, and she's crying. And I take that opportunity. I go up and I sit next to her. And I'm a big. I'm six foot seven, tattoos, beard, and I sit next to her. I'm like, you are doing so good. Right. And she was. I was like, if you weren't messing up. Right. I'm not doing my job. Right. Right. And and I, I have this soft voice. I have this smile. Right. And and I go up and and I she need to be she needed to be coddled in that moment, right? To let her know that what she was doing was perfect. Where we're not after. If you're not dribbling a ball off your foot, if you're not making those mistakes, right? I'm not doing my job because that's what it takes to get better. Right. And now four weeks later, I have two new kids come in. She's been training with me for a month, and the two kids were very intimidated and this is my beginner class these kids are just learning how to dribble yeah. and the two kids came in a couple of days ago and they were i could see by their body language i could see by their faces that they were like they're looking at the this girl who just started as like i can't do any of this stuff right so i use that as a teaching moment i said to the girl in front i brought everybody in i say to the girl what happened on your first day here she's like i cried <laughs> i was like well, how are you doing now? She's like, I'm getting so much better. Yeah. And I used her as a as a teacher in that moment. Now she's a fourth, fifth grade girl, and she got to share her experience of crying on right. the first day right. to now where she comes in and she absolutely loves it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's the cool stuff. And at that age, just you just want that. You just want them to love it. You know what I mean? Like love something. That's, yeah. that's what I, have fun. It doesn't have to end up being basketball. And I say right. that all the time too. Like that's where I've come to where. I'm not for everybody. Right. And that's okay. Right. Not everybody wants to be great at basketball. I'm gravitated to the players that do because we share like a similar kind of mindset. Right. But it's not, I'm not for everybody. I think, have you, uh, have you ever, have you read Naval Ravenkant's book? I've listened to him on a bunch of podcasts. I haven't read He has a quote and he, and I think this is like, this sums up like what you do. But he says, escape competition through authenticity. Yeah. Right. Nobody, so, nobody can out Bobby White. Bobby White. Exactly, nobody can out Mike Dunn. Exactly. Mike Dunn. Yeah. And if you if you take that mindset, I mean, you're always you're always going to be winning with these kids, no yes. matter what. Not just these, and then your career, like ev- everything, because you're not trying to be something you're not. Right. And it's I think it's a good example for the kids too. Right. Like it's just it's one of those yeah. one of those. Really I, cool if things. you want to separate yourself, just tell the truth over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah. 
your truth, whatever, you know, what, what is that to you? And that's right. going to be different for everybody. Right. So the way I relate to kids might be different than the way you do it. The way I teach is different than the way you teach it. Right. But the, the more I keep trying to be authentic and be myself, I start figuring out what works. I start figuring out how to talk, how to cue, how to, and you start, I'm not like, as non-egotistically as I can, I get coaches of the kids I train reaching out to me. Like, what did you do with this kid? Right, I was right. Like, I found out who he was. Right, I right. Found, and, I, and, I, and I gave him permission. Yeah. I, I unlocked something. I, 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 you, and you yeah. can identify where they need to get better, and you're going to put them in a position to succeed. And I really believe my greatest asset is the amount of pain I've been through in my life. Right. Like that that I understand struggle. If there's right. like one thing that I really understand is, right. is pain and struggle because I've been through so much. Right. And now it's something that I was embarrassed about, had so much shame about in my life, which is addiction. We don't have to get into it is now my greatest asset. Right. Because I, I went through some, I went through hell. Right. And now I'm blessed to have the other side of hell. Yeah. Right. And, and experience and actually overcame it. And now I wake up every day and do whatever I want. Right. And it's I love that. You're it's, here. I'm, I just drove. Yeah. I woke up on a Thursday, drove two hours to you in the middle of, uh, this is in New Jersey. I know you keep saying it is, but. This is South Jersey. Yeah. It's like Pennsylvania. Why would this not be South Jersey? If, if you were from Jersey, you would get it. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense because, because I'm not from Jersey. So I think that, that what I'm saying makes more sense. This is like a part of New Jersey. I don't know. You're the only person I know here. That's what I mean. That's fine. Yeah. Well, that makes, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. But I'm, I mean like I'm this un- whole area. I'm unique. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. This is actually my town. Yeah, you own this. I own every. I own all of it. Yeah, everything. All taxes go to me. That's kind of how this goes. You're doing well, but this is South Jersey. Is Tom's River South Jersey? Yes, and that's like an hour. By the but beach. that's like an hour. South, that's like an how hour. How far are you from the beach? Oh, like an hour. That's not South. See, South Jersey is the beach. This is like this western. No, I disagree. I think we should. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, we should transition here. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying. I don't, I don't know. Um, I was, uh, we were just cause of the creativity thing. I've talked with kids. We talk about like great players and I remember watching Kobe play, uh, when like Kobe Shaq era and we went to the Sixers, uh, Sixers Lakers game and watching Kobe play. I remember the way he moved on the court. It was like, he was, I don't like, I don't want to say like a cliche, like playing, his like a game within his own but it it was it was like like watching him and just zeroing in on him it was like he was doing something different than everybody else was and when we when we say that quote of escape competition through authenticity or you know like create the creativity kind of starts to come into that <clears throat> and i think you watch the best players in the world and i almost think that they're better creators than they are competitors because i think in my mind you almost get to a certain stage where obviously you're competing right the game is is competing but how you're leaving your mark on the game is your own your own unique like only you can do that like only Kyrie can do what Kyrie does right yeah. like and if you want like if you like i take that perspective and the game like becomes even that much more beautiful to me yes like it's just a cool, cool way to look at it. But so much of training has become let's copy Kyrie's footwork. And that but like see that bugs me big time. Let's copy his footwork. Right. Let's copy the now I look at it and I, I examine it as beautiful and creative right. and right. awesome. 
but Kyrie has special things about his genetic makeup, the right. way he moves his body, the sequence. There is so much that goes into that, and he is out there free-flowing. Yes. Right? He, none of this is premeditated. This footwork is not, I'm going to put this foot here, put the ball here, right. do this with my body. He is in tune with the environment, right? right? It's like skill attunement. Right. It's not even it's not even kind of what he's doing is reacting to something. He's in tune with it. Yeah. And what makes him successful isn't gonna make me successful. I'm six foot seven. I don't move like that. Right. Right. So me copying his footwork right. is not the answer. I need to figure out what I need to figure out what works for me. Right. What do I have in my skill set, in my speed, and all like what opportunities do I have? Right. To maximize. It it like <laughs> when I see him do something, and then the next day I op- I open up social <laughs> yeah. media, yeah. and then somebody's like teaching this move, it drives me insane. That move only works when he did it. <laughs> oh, like and to think exactly to why he did that he because of what was happening in that moment. Break, that moment will never happen again. He didn't break the timeout and been like he was like, oh, this is where this is where I'm bringing this out. No idea. No, no, no. He's just. In reacting it. yes he's just he's and and that's why when i see it like oh this is how we do the cut no dude so that's where you're i get missing, into my you're, whole, you're missing the point the whole approach it's called this constraints led approach where i modify the drill in a way that allows the athlete to explore and create something at its simplest i can use it a kid needs to learn to use his left hand so you've got every coach use your left hand use your left hand what if i just put something in his right hand right <laughs> make him carry something now he's got to use his left hand right and now I can make that way more complicated, but I figure out little games and little ways to get the adaptation I'm looking for. Right. So Kyrie in that moment is adapting to what he's perceiving, right? Now, if I want to bring whatever skill I'm trying to bring out of somebody, and that's why I, I, it needs to come out. It's emergent, yeah. right? So what kind of rules or constraints can I modify to let the kid figure it out himself? Right. Where now he's becoming a creative decision maker. And that's what you were just talking about, right. where it's not even about... You know their competitiveness. It's their ability to make creative decisions right. and, and trust themselves and their instincts and right. get in that flow. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced flow state shooting where yeah. it just goes in, right? And oh, it's yeah, for sure. And then you've experienced when it's not, and you're right. th- you think you th- there's self talk, right? There's aiming, there's there's thought. When when I play my best, there's none of that. It's quiet, and I let go of the ball, and it goes in. Right. I'm like. You know, yeah. and you're always, and it's like you're always, you're always just looking for that. You're trying to always get to that. that you point. got that earlier than I did from knowing a little bit about your story. I didn't learn that till I was like 24 and a half, 25 years old. Uh. After I got through all the stuff I was talking about, I was playing in New York City, uh, Rucker Park, West Fourth Street, Dykeman, all these type of things, and it was like I was sober for the first time in you know, ten years. Right. My and I just I was like, I believe in myself. Right. It was, it was actually one moment at in the cage at West 4th Street. Big dude, I went up for an offensive rebound, and he checked me into the cage. Like his, and, he, and I got in his face and said, you do that again, and it's over. And I had never had that in me to say yeah. before. I was like, you try that. And he looked at me, he dapped me up. He's like, all right, my man. And he smiled. You know, yeah. I'm a white guy in there. Right. You know. Right. And and it's I got legendary, his face. legendary courts, man. Right, and I and I did, I don't know where it came from. I got his face. You try it again, it's over. Yeah. I might have said something a little more aggressive than that, but he got it and he you smiled. You can curse on here if you want to. say I it. don't curse. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, and it was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Something ha- Something clicked, and then it was, I'm good at this. Right. I can shoot. 
Right. Oh my, I can I can take off from almost a foul line and dunk the ball. Yeah. I'm gonna start using this stuff. And it was like that one moment. Right. And I'm playing in the Dominican Republic like six months later. Yeah. It was like that quick. That was so that was you played pro over there. Yeah. For, for how long? Like two months. Gotcha. Yeah. I went on a tour, played all the way, all the different teams out there, and did that. And I I, I thought I was gonna yeah. At that point, I was gonna play professionally. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. No resume. No nothing. You right. know, it's tough. It's crazy how much the resume comes into play. Yeah. Like, like you could, if you had like an obscure college career that nobody knows about and you could be super, super talented, agencies won't touch you. No. They need you to put together that resume. Yeah. So now it's all, it's all on you. How are you going to like, I'm yeah. like, how are you going to put together these tours? How are you going to, you know what I mean? Like. It becomes a battle, man. I and see some. I, of these I played kids really. Go we it. played the top team out there, and I mean, I, I was hitting threes. I had a couple putbacks. Like I played great. All the agents that were there watching, all the people came up to me and talked, and I thought I wasn't leaving. Right. And it didn't happen. Yeah. And you know, at, at the same time, I'm starting to train just to you know pay my bills a little bit. Right. And uh, yeah, I made a decision. Yeah. Dang. It's crazy. Yeah. When I finished college, I admittedly like, I get the question all like people ask me, like why didn't you play whatever after and i i was so burnt out after college like my senior year like so my my coach you know, amazing amazing coach like all-time winning one of the all-time winning coach in college history basketball hall of fame but the way that he the way that he played at that time and I, he may have changed it since but if you played you played 40 minutes <laughs> and i didn't understand what that was doing to like my body man and right. like with me actually and me having no baseline knowledge of how to actually take care of my body by the time that second half of the season rolled around i just felt like I, every year after my after my uh freshman year i just felt dead like i felt like and so the senior year ended and i was like i don't want i don't want to touch a ball yeah. ever like i'm good man i don't yeah. need to do this ever ever again um so when people like people ask me like why is, like it's I always just say it's like it's my fault like I didn't but yeah. it was like I got to a point where my body had just had had enough man it yeah. was it was crazy once I got my act together it was like my goal is to play across the water yeah and I did it yeah and like that was as big as it was yeah. I, I didn't know if it was gonna be I, I wanted to say I played in another country yeah and I did it and I was good after that right. I knew I knew I was I, I was competing with guys making a ton of money. And more than competing, winning. Right. And I know it. Nobody could take that from me. Right. I had it. I was there. I didn't make it into a career. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. I'm helping other people <laughs> do it now. But in college, you made it like to the second half of the season. I would go into every college season, 360 dunking, windmilling, feeling great. Yeah. Two weeks in. Gone. I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. See, that's isn't that crazy? My knees, my back, everything hurt. Yeah. And it's now it's like. I can, I can dribble okay. I'm not a great ball handler, but it's so dependent on my body moving fluidly. Right. So once I got tight, my back hurt, my knees hurt. Like it, my my brain says one thing, but my body is like a lag. Yeah. And that's when you you like get tight. It was two weeks in the season. Yeah. Every year. Yeah. And I'd, I'd be playing in you know summer men's leagues and stuff. Great. You should you shouldn't be at a D three college. You should be at a D one college. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what happens. It's so funny you say that, man. Yeah. Because like. I, you remember, you know the Sunny Hill League? Yeah. So I played the Sunny Hill League, and I'd have, like, during the summer, 
I'm in that Sunny Hill League and I'm having 20 point games. Yeah. Like lightning. Like, <laughs> and then I get out and then the season rolls around and then it's like my body is like it's 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 it was so crazy, man. It it's wasn't so- even my body too. Like I can never wrap my head around like sets. Yeah. I was so worried about doing what the coach says yeah, right that yeah. it completely you become like a robot. I was a complete. I turned into like a banger. Yeah, and that I I don't I don't like going inside a three point line now. Yeah, you know, but like that's yeah. I knew I was like strong. Right. I mean, do you watch? I'm, I'm I train so many Division One players, and I, I I'm right there with them right now. I, right. I turn 34 years old next week, yeah. and I, I I'm in there. Like I'm, we're playing one on one, we're getting up and down. I'm there. Right. When college, I was like a D three like you know banger that. Did nothing because right. I couldn't wrap my head around like I want to make the coach happy. I want to do right. what he's saying, and I'm gonna put all my all my thought was into that rather than creating. Right. Rather than playing the game yeah. beautifully. Yeah, that was that was a struggle for me too, man. Sets, yeah, sets. Like I'd always, I'd be, I'd get so concerned on running the set the right way, versus even if I was making the right play. Yes. It was like, yeah, but I was where I needed to be. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if I would have just read the situation. I probably could have gotten myself open. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and just move within the set rather yeah. than like... Yeah, rather move. than be married to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like infidelity in the set. Yeah. And I think a lot of players struggle with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for we, sure. We want the coach to like us. You right? want... You just, but the best player on the court is the one like that's not listening to the coach. You ever right? notice that? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> He's like, all right, yeah, sure. And then does his own thing. Right. So we, we want these players to fit in this box when the best player on the court... More often than not, is the one not doing what the coach is telling everybody else to do. I think the best <laughs> moments I've ever had as a player is when I was never, I wasn't in any type of set. Yeah. It was just a. My high school coach was like he. His whole thing was free flowing, read and react. That's it. Yeah. And so that's how I learned, and that's why like, man, that was that like to me that was so fun. Yeah. And that was like there was never anything scripted. Everything it, was always reacting. It's real easy to. To look at the man and like I look at all these high, I go to a lot of high school games watching the kids and I'm right. like, if I was that guy, I'd be doing this. I know it's real easy, right? But I really believe if I just if I took over a high school and I first let's just let's just let them play, right. pick up style. Free, free, I'm not saying I won't ever put in any sets, but let's see if they can build some type right. of chemistry without it on their own, right? And then kind of infuse some stuff that makes sense with the style of play yeah. that I witnessed, yeah. right? So let's let them play. Let's see what happens, and then from there build something where it's not we're gonna run. Um, whatever the flex the flex that's what i was looking for that's funny you said that yeah 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 it's it, yeah it's, it's it's interesting i also see the side of it of some programs that run the flex like in college like smaller d3 schools and how it works so well for them yeah the kind of just constant movement there are some reads off of it all yeah. that kind of stuff if you if you could have just like it was like a, there were principles right 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 a set up an offensive principles yeah Fill the space. Find the open space. Get to the open space. He dribbles that. You've got a couple out. And teach and teach the game in like the different different ways you can do it. Where right. it's not a set. It's principles. That's how that's how I teach shooting. Right. It's principles. Yeah. Like what are they? It's ball moves first. It's yeah. just it to just steal f- rob stuff. It's it's preparation connection sequence. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 it. And every player to me has the ability to do that. But how you do it versus how I do it is going to look drastically different you know what i mean like it's yeah. because because just like we said with Kyrie doing something Kyrie has his own unique way that he does moves da 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 the way that i shoot i create leverage everything my the length of my arms as compared to length like all that stuff we're probably going to do things a little bit differently but the principles in terms of how we create leverage how the ball moves all the what everything like that 
that's going to be that's going to be what we're what we're looking for yeah so one of those one of those things are you reading any books right now um how we learn to move by rob gray he's a phd at arizona state university and it's a book that i can just read like i get stuck on a same, I, I just get stuck on the same does paragraph. he does he start like just is it all athletic oriented or is it like in terms of how patterns are created when you're young and then moving forward no it's it's talking about the approach i was referencing before the constraints led approach and ecological d- dynamics which is how we learn to move as a result of what we perceive and do gotcha so it just, it, there's some really fascinating stuff yeah there was a there's a study done with golfers uh-huh. all right and they saw that they took a group of golfers that all had the same program on their backswing they weren't transitioning their weight to their back foot right all right they took half the group that had the same problem and they told them to go work on transferring your weight to your back foot they took the other half and they said keep all your weight in your front foot so what they're trying to do is mm-hmm. amplify the flaw yeah. All right. So one group goes and keeps all the weight on their front foot. The other group does what they wanted to correct and bring the weight back. They bring them back together. The group that they told to keep all their weight forward made greater huh. uh, changes in their swing because it amplified the flaw and they were able to learn and make the corrections themselves. Right. So now I take something like that about a golf swing and I think of how many different ways I can apply that to, to athletes in yeah. basketball. Yeah. That's one of the questions I wanted to ask you is like where else you find inspiration in things that you teach on the court because there's to me there's so many parallels in all sports that yeah. you can start to take things and see what they're doing and then carry it over. Well, so. Running is running. Right, right. Sprinting is sprinting. And if we look at the top athletes in the world there's a there's a ton of positions that they all share. Right. And there's things that make certain athletes great and I, I look at those and I see that and I see does is this going to help my player become great? Right. And try to infuse that. So I, I draw inspiration from, I, I'm, I listen to hunting dog podcasts yeah. more than anything. Now. <laughs> and just how, just listening to their conversation about how they communicate with dogs helps me with my yeah. communication. And like, I, I get weird stuff. But I don't think of, it's weird. I think, I think like, what well, is weird? You're weird. So that's why you don't think it's weird. Yeah. 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 I think we're, <laughs> we're very, I think we're very similar in that. Like I really like basketball. Mm-hmm. Right. I I said I I really like it. I love learning things more than I like. A hundred percent. You know what I mean. Basketball is like a vehicle for me to take what I learn, and and just try shit. Yes. Right. Like I love like I love that. Yeah. And then you get to grow like you grow as a person. Whereas I think a lot of times, and this is like what I see, and and this could just be how people are coming off. It's it's uh it's like the opposite. It's like this, it's basketball, 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 basketball. And I feel like you're almost doing yourself a disservice because you're not reaching to all these other things that could actually enhance that the game and that you're teaching and, and all that kind of well, stuff. Learning is learning. Right. I don't care what you're learning. The, right. the principles of learning are the same. Now, there can be debate on how we, people will debate the best way to learn. Right. But learning is learning. Right. I like this approach because I, I, it allows kids to do everything we're talking about, creating, exploring, figuring out the answers themselves. And it's so powerful. Once they start to see that, they don't need me. They right. still come to me because they like me. Right. I'm not scared, but I don't want them to need me. I have this online program. I pro- love that, dude. I have this That's online amazing. program that I'm putting out. 
I want them to, I, the goal of it is to have an army of kids out there trying their own stuff, figuring right. things out. Right. I put some good drills in there, but take it and just run with it. You put good drills in there? A bunch of them, man. Like, <laughs> I love that you said what you said. I remember my, I had like this, my, like, like the dots finally connected. I was talking to Rob one day and we were just talking about players and he said, like something came up randomly and he was like, you know, Mike, he's like, I never want to player for like my lifetime i was like what do you mean yeah. and he was like i don't want them to need me he was like if i'm doing what i'm supposed to do i can set them on their path and then they they can go off he's like i'm not trying to retain somebody forever i'm yeah. trying to like free them to create and go do what they need to do and it was like yeah man obviously yeah. like it's like something you hear and you're like yeah. yeah obviously right but like sometimes we take this approach of i need this i need that like i need to hold tight yeah, he's this my. Pers- yeah, he's yeah, my yeah. A- this yeah. is my athlete. Right. That's how we refer to it. Yeah. Here's my athlete. Right. He's yours. Right. Really? <laughs> I'm sure I've said it too. So I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, I'm 100. Yeah. 100. Yeah. And so now we take that. Now what do we do with it? Right. What's the next? So I think about how much praise I give my athletes. They do something good. Do I say good? What does that do? It creates dependence on me. Uh-huh. So how how I, I look at details that minuscule on how much praise. He has a good rep. There will be times I won't say anything. And he, what is he doing? He's looking at me for approval. I don't want him to want my approval. I feel like you're the teacher from Whiplash. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Have you ever seen you ever seen Whiplash? No. Dude, you'll, you'll love it. Yeah. So it's uh, Miles Teller and then the bald guy from the uh, Allstate commercial. Not Allstate. Is it Allstate? No idea. He like, gives these scenarios. So I have no idea what you're talking about. All right. But anyway, yeah. this Miles Teller's trying to be like this world-class drummer and he goes to this big school and there's this teacher that's known to like churn out prodigies and the dynamic between the teacher and this dude you would love that movie yeah that top five movie yeah not talked about but what you just said the dependence thing yeah that kid was always looking for the dependence and never got it because that's the way this guy operated yeah but the you could like how they clashed and and then it's an amazing do you know what's scary movie. about it? And when you don't do things like that, they get better and don't look at you as the reason that they're getting better. Right. They're, right. They, so if I praise them and I say this and I give them all the love and all the, which I do love them more than you can imagine. Right. Right. But if I give them all that, I'm gonna get the immediate feedback too of their parents saying how much this and that. But if I if I if I question how much praise I'm giving them and, and I take these like strategic approaches to developing them, they get better and I don't get as much immediate feedback. Right. Because they're doing it without me. Right. And it's by design. Right. Yeah. There was um they took there's another study. They took a group of athletes in three different groups. One group was getting cued once every third rep. Okay. One group was getting cued once every five reps. One group was getting cued once every ten reps. Which group performed the best? Probably once every the 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 longest gap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you're saying this, and now I'm thinking about times that I've definitely been like too too much, right? Yeah. But then, like, I I I I find myself too at times. I won't say anything for the longest time. Yeah. And then the kid will be like, "What's going on?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're they're looking for it. It's it's interesting. It's balance, and it's it's it's. Every kid is different. Right. Every situation, it, it's really balanced. Right. And that's where the whole art of coaching comes in and how good of a coach are you at understanding that situation and right. when to cue. I'm not saying don't cue. 
And I'm not saying, that's not what I'm saying. Just what's, what's optimal? What's the best? Would you, for when it's all said and done, are you doing exactly what you want to do? Or is there like another level to it? Would you like, would you jump at an opportunity to work with only the highest level players in the world? Or, or would you rather have the mix of that you do of beginners to intermediate to pros that you have? I don't make any major decisions. All right. So if it was a jump like that, it would have to feel right. So I can't sit here and say, but it's it's, not on your, that's like not on your radar. Yeah. So I started going back to college. I, when I I failed out of college my last year and I needed 16 uh, credits uh, to graduate. Right. So I went back last year and took two classes. So now I'm down to nine credits or whatever it is. And I'm finishing that because the level of player that I'm starting to train is starting to get there. Right. Gotcha. And if an opportunity like that happened, yep. I, I want it to be an opportunity. I don't want to, I don't want to miss an opportunity because I don't have a college degree. Why would that matter? Like, I think at the pro level, there's prereq- prerequisites for a, de- for a college degree. Yes. There, to get a division one college. Does that make sense to you? No, I don't get it. Yeah. It's well, you can look at the other way too. how there's zero barrier to entry to be a trainer. Does that make sense to you? Anybody can just start training people. But that does, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, it does. Well, it got me in the door, so I guess it makes sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I think, I think that that's like training is to me training is is like the it's it's just teaching. It's somebody saying I know this. Yeah. Anybody like I do believe that anybody could really train and become really good at it. Mm -hmm. I I think that the level the the type of person that actually is going to become good at it is is a rarity. Yeah, because the mindset that you have to have in terms of that continuous learning and all that kind of stuff, but like something like that, like if you're really good, at, you're obviously really good at what you do. If an opportunity came up to work within some type of organization or something, and they were like, "Hey, man, we love what you do, but you need to go get this piece of paper so that optically, like optically, yeah. this 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 checks out." That's like that's nuts to me. Yeah. I don't. It, I just don't get it. I hate it. <laughs> and I went back to school. I think it's great that you're going back, back to school. school. I don't. I think, no, no I, think I'm not, I don't even want well, to. I That's mean, the whole thing. I don't, don't you think, think I, it's kind of like you're closing the no, loop? No. <laughs> no. You know how much money I wasted? I should not have been in college. Yeah. So now I'm getting this thing to have that. I, this is everything that I'm against. Yeah. But I'm doing it anyway. And I thought after not going to college for 10 years, I was going to be super excited and like a good student. I'm not. So you don't enjoy it now? No, I hate I'm taking accounting. I have an accountant. Yeah. I pay somebody to do that for me. I I'm not a school I'm not a school person. I'm not a school dude, yeah. Like I when I got into my like when I got into my car like the car accident I was in and then that completely shifted everything for me, my perspective. I feel like it still took a couple years, but then eventually my real education began and I understood I can pretty much obtain anything I need to know on my own without somebody like sitting down in a seat and them telling me what yeah, to do on your time. So the fact that you can be so good and then you know what I mean, like that just yeah. that just bugs me. Like it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I hate it. I don't. I don't. I don't yeah, but you would. I guess coming back to my original question, you you probably would consider that. I would challenge. consider it. I can't without knowing what it is, where I'm going, the state of my family, and all yeah. those other things. Yeah. Am I going to be able to bring my dog? Is there hunting? Yes. You know, there's important well, where, things. Where is there not hunting? I guess that's a good point. I mean, you know, yeah. there's always there's always something. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're just fine. Have yeah. you been in Jersey your whole life? Yes. Only lived in Jersey? 
Well, I lived in China for six months. Does that doesn't count? Upstate New York for college. What college were you at? Utica. Utica. Yeah. Utica, Utica Greens. Yes. Yeah. How do you know that? I, I know everything. Utica Greens. Yeah, I'm reading a book on Utica. No, you're not. No, I'm not. That's that's false. My wife's from Syracuse. Oh. So I'm up. I'm up that way. Yeah. But uh, like yeah. It's horrible. You. It's you know what? It's bad. It's a little rough. It's horrible. The sun doesn't shine there. Never. Every time I go there, I lose a little bit of will to live. Like yeah, I was there for five years. Think about it. I'll be up there this weekend. Have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy it. You ever go to the dome? The what? The dome. The dome. The Sar- like where, the dome. Where Syracuse? The, the, yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think of it? Uh, here, here's, here's it's not good for basketball. Here's, is it overrated for a basketball venue? You can't even see a game. It depends on where you're sitting. I mean, it's, it's a yes. I mean, it's a yes or no question. It's cool because it's different, but I don't like. It's so big. Can I give my opinion? It's your podcast. Overrated. Overrated. I yeah. remember everybody like you got to go check out a game at the Dome. There's nothing up there though. It's upstate New York. And then I go. Well, that's fine. Like I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this, man. The fans there, and like, I've gone out before yeah. a game and like been in that. Yeah. Incredible, man. Like, um, like amazing. My dad was captain of the Syracuse crew team. Really? Yeah. Hey. So I went to Utica. It was U- when I went there. It was Utica College of Syracuse University. I was going to get a Syracuse degree, and in my mind, I was going to dominate at Utica and go to and, Syracuse. Right? Never happened. I couldn't move after two weeks of the season. Anyway, I just think I just think the de- the, the dome is, is overrated. But yeah, I'm going up there. Spicy Riggies. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken Riggies. Chicken Riggies. Dude, I know all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. See? That's crazy. We're like bro- we're like brothers. Yeah. Nobody knows any of this except I, us. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. That's what. I, I enjoy that. I enjoy all that stuff. I got married in um, Oswego. Okay. Right on the right, yeah, like, we right played on the water. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They have a they have a nice. It's a nice little school actually. Yeah. When it's not, um, it's like it's nice like two days out of the year. Yeah. So I spend a couple like summers up in Utica. Yeah. Which you're never there for school. Right. It's beautiful. It's like lakes and nature and like it's nice. New York. Once you get out of Utica, I'm not like the the city. The is. majority of New York. I feel like the majority of people think New York is New York. Like if people haven't been to New York, they just, they hear New York and they think New York City. Mm-hmm. Everything beyond that is beautiful. Yeah. Like in the summertime, go up to like the Finger Lakes, yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's really nice. That's, I go up there and chase birds. That's what I do. I go up there and drink wine. Nice, dude. So, same yeah. thing. I call yeah. that chasing birds. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no <laughs> sense at all. <laughs> I'm going to start a wine company called Chasing Birds. Yeah. That'd be pretty dope. Yeah. This podcast is taking a turn. <laughs> That's how it goes. Uh, oh, I got all these notifications. We got the house. So I will announce it on. We just new new homeowners right here. Unbelievable. How about that? That's great. It's a big it's a big yeah. day. Um You have anything else, man? Is there yeah, anything else I you always talk do, about? but we don't need to. We can. I've done a lot of stuff, you know. Ask some questions if you want. You wanna do like rapid fire? I can ask rapid fire questions? I don't know. Can you? I can. Best movie of all time. Mm. It's only one answer. It's only one answer. There's only one answer. You're gonna say white man can't jump? No, definitely no. not. <laughs> not even in my. Top you had the quote on your in, on your profile. I, I can hear Jimmy. Yeah, yes, that's fine. How's that any favorite movie? It's on your thing because it's. I mean, it's a good movie. Yeah, I answered what you're gonna say. I didn't even answer. What are you gonna say? Good you're, gonna, you're gonna Good Will hunting. hunting. Yeah, best movie ever. Yeah, Whiplash top five. Whiplash top five. Go I watch Whiplash. It. Yeah, Good Will Hunting. Really have, good. Have you seen the Kanye documentary? Not yet. Watch it. His interview with Letterman on Netflix, he went through mania 
the way he described it was better than I've ever heard anyone talk yeah. about Mania. He he's undeniable, man. Like watching him as a young, I know, like I don't, I don't care about what he does. I really like, I, I mm-hmm. like that doesn't. What Kanye does today does not impact me getting not up, enough. kissing my daughter, getting her ready for class. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't care. Yeah, I love his music, right? But watching him before he was him, like that's what this guy just followed him around with the camera. He was like, "There's something about this kid," and watching him start to piece it together when no one knows who he is and he's yeah. in these rooms with all these big people, but nobody knows who Kanye is. It is like, if it doesn't inspire you, I don't. What's it on? Netflix. Oh, I'm watching. Dude, it, I only watched the first one. He's talking to his mom. He has a section where he's talking to his mom and they're like having this heart to heart. And she just starts like rapping songs that he did as like a kid. And yeah. she knows word for word. And like the love there. It's it's like, it's powerful, man. That whole, I don't know. Gotta watch it. I will. What's your favorite movie? I don't have a favorite movie. Really? I can't, I mean, I could name good movies, but I don't have a favorite movie. So I watch Good Will Hunting all the time. I watch Limitless all the time. Yeah, Limitless is good. I really like I like Limitless. both those. But like the first 45 minutes. After that, I'm kind of out. Yeah. Um, favorite book? It. To say favorite, do you I, recommend books to people? Yeah, the How We Learn to Move is unbelievable. You, you've been recommending Rob Gray, that. Yeah, the mo- the book I recommend most to people is Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, for for like high school kids, um, Chop Wood, Carry Water. Yeah, 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 Gets to the point. I think yeah, somebody it's, sent somebody sent me that book recently. Yeah, I read it. Yeah, it's simple, but it. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that book. Um, I love books, man. Yeah, I just I always like I always need to say I need to read more. I do need to read more. I feel like that's actually something that every human being on yeah. the planet says. When I I just take things and I think about them for a long time. So like it's I might not read as often as you or as many books as other people, but it, it, they resonate with me and, and I mold them over. So like one of the best ways I learned to teach is by I learn something I try to teach it right away right. to cement it. Right. So I can read a paragraph from a book that that gets my mind going, right. and I'm thinking about it. It could be weeks. It yep. could be a month. And then when I start to feel, the second I start to feel stale, yeah. I, I got to open something up. Yeah. You that's talk not, about all the time, information in, information yeah, yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that, that's what, that's what you have to, that's what you have to do. That's, the, that's why I read. I feel like I read things and all of a sudden it sparks an idea. And yeah. I think what you're saying is exactly what it's intended to do. Yeah. If you could read something and then be able to, that, that sets you on a path of thinking for who knows how, when. Because right. how many people think? I, I feel like that's like a lost yeah thing right like how many people like sit down and like and just me think i don't you know, know what i, I mean? never really ask anybody you i know, do it you know what i'm saying though like i don't think i don't think i don't i don't know of a lot of people that are are going that the, that the long drives by myself yeah i I, really I, nice. I drive three hours with my dog to go hunt in some obscure place or whatever yeah i got podcasts on yep. sometimes nothing's on and I'm, I'm thinking i'm out that's every day i drive yeah. an hour round trip to go work with her out in the woods or wherever yeah and it's i don't bring my phone sometimes i do to show people what i'm doing right but more often than not it's i'm there and yeah. i'm present with my dog and yeah. the thoughts that i have on the way on the drives all that like quiet time is yeah it's amazing yes i think i think you bring up a great point because i've I've turned like so I'm in I'm in DC like every weekend. So that's a two and a half hour drive there, two and a half hour drive back. So that's five hours that I have on the road. 
So my whole thing was always like, well, how do I maximize those five? And it's basically turning my car into a library of information. Yeah. And that's it. It's not music. It's podcasts. It's books. It's something that's going to stimulate my mind. Always. And now, now I just spent five hours of my day taking in information that's going to make me better in the long run. You want to know what I listen to on the way down here? Okay. It's the card talk. <laughs> podcast the card talk card like, card like basketball cards really yeah are you collecting cards not really well you said you, you i did to, i have a whole bunch yeah you used to i think i'm gonna sell them all but i, I just like it it's like yeah. learning it's learning about it's something new. new yeah and you, you'll find something within it that's going to carry over into other things too it's yeah. all it's everything's the same right time, right that's kind of that's kind of yeah. how it is next rapid fire question these aren't rapid fire at all we're taking we're talking about <laughs> each one for 10 minutes <laughs> Uh, best best athlete you've ever seen in person uh i got there's not that you worked with that i've seen in person just like you were somewhere whether that be at a game whether that be at a park whether like whatever best athlete you've ever i'm gonna tell you exactly where my mind goes and it goes define athleticism hmm Yeah, well, I guess when have you when have you looked at somebody and thought and just thought like that's a different human being? Uh, Javon Quinterly at Alabama right now, the yeah. point guard. I, I I heard about him. I worked with his high school team, so I, I work with that high school. Yeah, and get a lot of those kids, and watching him move with a ball, I've never seen it. I, I've never seen Kyrie in person, so I can't. But the way he... The, it's, the, it's like the ball's a part of him. It's effortless. Yeah. It is. I, I, we were playing some bump. It was the first game of the year, so we were playing some team that wasn't good. And I just watched him dribble up the floor one time. Like, the kid's got something different. How do you feel about kids transferring out of colleges? I, the whole system, from high school all the way through college, it, need, it needs to blow up. Are you... See, I'm, I, I'll say, like, I take the approach of, like, when, when people are like, kids go to these colleges and they need to stay, like, I can't believe they leave, I take the complete opposite approach. Mm-hmm. Because I can't imagine, like, if I'm a kid at 18 making a decision, there's a good chance I'm not making the right 100%. one. 100%. You know what I mean? And that, so, like, my whole thing is, why are we holding it against these kids that they have to, they have to, people in the professional world don't stay at the same company their whole career. Right. When there's another, opportunity, when something doesn't go there, like, yeah. I don't think it's a sign of a weak kid. I think it's maybe... Maybe there is times. I have to look at it by case by yeah, case. Yeah, be case by case type thing. Yeah. I just thought of him because he was at Nova. Yep. And then when ended up at Bama and is a hell of a player. Yeah. Like playing really well for yeah. Bama. So sometimes it's just about that fit part of things. You know what I mean? So obviously to me made made yeah. the made the right decision. Hmm. I should have I should have wrote wrote these down. That's all right. I think athleticism is it it, it can be different. You know, people want to look at it. How, how well you run, throw, sprint, you know, move. I, it depends on what lens I'm, yeah. I'm looking at athleticism. The player that I saw in person, like up close, that I I just I couldn't like take my eyes off of him was Prime Shaq. Yeah. It didn't it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. At as an eighth grader watching him and how he moved at the size he was. Yeah. It just felt like the most unattainable I feel like I was like in eighth grade and I was like oh I'll never play at this level yeah like because that's what that's what's coming out on that's what's coming yeah. out on the floor that was like he was like on another when he was in shape 
Yeah. And he was... Orlando Shaq. Dude. It, this was LA Shaq, but Orlando Shaq... Orlando Shaq was like Giannis. That was my favorite. Way. I had Orlando jacket. I had his I shoes. See, I had dude, the, I could see I was this little pudgy kid with gear. all... I was completely black and blue. I could see I had you. the zebras. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Yeah, I, I could see you. I and could. I used to argue with my grandpa because he said Jordan was better. I was like, no way Shaq's better. <laughs> I was like six. How how right was your grandpa? That's all right. Yeah. That's what, that's how it goes, yeah. man. That's how it goes. Yeah. I remember my grandma told me that I needed to get a new hobby because uh, all I did was shoot. Yeah. Now look at you. Yeah. Yeah. I remember her. She was like, she's like, what are you doing today? And I was like, I need you to take me to the gym. She's like, what are you doing the next day? I need you to take me to the gym. Yeah. She's like, is this all you do? I said, this is it. Yeah. And she was like, you need to find something else to do. Yeah. No, I love, no. I love my grandma. Yeah. It was really, it was really funny. Like she's coming from a different perspective, right? She's like, she's like, you're never here. Yeah. It's, I have some of these athletes come in and they do these like, just something insanely athletic. I don't care what it is. Yeah. And I was talking about praise before. And like the inside of me wants to like jump up and down. Yo, that was great. And I yeah. just cold. Yeah. I throw the ball. Like I look at the next person yeah. and next. just ignore it. Next. Yeah. Yeah. They get, they get enough <laughs> praise. Yeah. Uh, who wins the NBA championship this year? NBA championship. Who are your East and West? I got Sixers. Yeah, I really. You don't like think Harden's him. gonna he's gonna play well for ten games and blow everything up? No, I think he uh, he fits here. Full hamstring. He he fits here, dude. Yeah, there's something about him here. Um, and like you said, remember, like here you live in New Jersey. Yeah, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Well, I live you right know. across the bridge. <laughs> right, so this is this goes back to South Jersey. My point. Makes you're sense. not. Yeah, you're living. You say you live in South Jersey, but refer to Philadelphia as here. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the same. No, you're wrong. I, I win. <laughs> anyway, like you said, Embiid's never had somebody like Harden. Harden's never had somebody like Embiid. Yeah. And they just seem to feed off of each other. Yeah. So I take Sixers out the East. That's my pick. Although, it's either to me, it's either going to be the Sixers or the Bucks. And then um, out of the West, I'm going, I'm going Phoenix going back. Phoenix again? Phoenix again. I'm gonna go Brooklyn. Is gonna make a historic comeback here once we get Ben Simmons and everybody going and KD. I hate we. I just said we. I know. I always make fun of people when I say that. Oh, you live in. I'm you live in New York. I'm not even a you Brooklyn live, fan. Do you live in New York? I don't even, it's we. I don't even. I have no ties to Brooklyn whatsoever. What happens if Brooklyn plays Philadelphia in the playoffs? They're better if they're if they're at full strength. Yeah, but now you have now you have the circus. You have James Harden. That's a circus. Not 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 a circus like Ben is. How no? Him coming to Philly? Have you ever been to Have you been to Sixers games here? No, I don't know, dude. It's I'm telling you, it's gonna be if that happens. Yeah. It's going to be insane, man. Yeah. And he's not playing on the tenth. Yeah. Because he's there's Brooklyn's coming to Philly. That would been that would have been Ben's opportunity to come back, and he's not playing. And now I think because he's not playing in that game, now I feel like. The monkey on the back builds. Mm-hmm. Because I think it'd be better to just rip the band-aid off and go play. Mm-hmm. Like, do it. So now you don't have to deal with it. Because you don't want your first time stepping into that atmosphere to be in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know, man. What do you think about the whole mental illness thing? Like, it's so hard now. Like, you can't, like... I mean, I, I, it's a real it's, thing, right? Yes, like, I fully, right. I fully understand it. You but just is it just to... something now any athlete can just... Ha- and this is me. I'm Bobby White. I... <laughs> I've been through mental illness. Right. I've seen things, heard voices. I've had some crazy stuff. So I'm sitting here not like 
pointing yeah. the finger that I just think it's a problem now. We might have all these athletes just they want to take some time off and go right to mental illness as an escape. Again, and some of them it may be warranted. I'm not saying it shouldn't. Yeah. I think it's like a slippery slope. I think it's tough. I think it's I think it's tough because it gives an out. And I'm gonna say this just because I know this is this is a true story about a a very well respected NFL wide receiver who makes it his duty to make sure he's only quote unquote healthy for a certain amount of games a year so that he knows he can continue to pick up the check when it's time to pick up the check. And I could see if, if, if that, if one person's doing that and making sure that, and they're able to do that with that. And this isn't like a mental, like why not? What, what would, what would stop the same guy from saying now, Okay, it's this it's this problem, which mm-hmm. is a slap in the face to all the people, like you said, like that are really dealing with it. But there's guys at the highest level that do this what with I'm, just injuries. You right. know what I mean? But we celebrate these high level performers, right? The amount of stress that they have to deal yeah, with is insane. why we celebrate them. Right. Yeah. Right. That I don't know, you put me in that situation with the fans, the followers, yeah. all this. I don't know if I could handle it. Right. That's why I celebrate them. Right. Right. So if we're using mental illness, like I, it's, I, we want to like champion them. Yeah. When it's more like it's kind of sad. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's tough. It's hard to speak it's on. It's really hard. Don't I don't want to even like. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think I think that it's a legitimate thing, and hope and hopefully the people that are coming forward with it, it's it's like anything. Like hopefully yeah. they're being very honest about it, and yeah. and that's what it is. So that's where I I I struggle with how I talk about my story because I don't want to bastardize it right where I don't want to use it for the wrong reasons. I, I know when I open up, I have dads that DM me and say, every time you share something like this, I send it to my son and I, I really appreciate it. I have people reaching out to me that say I can't stop doing drugs and need help. But then I also know that I can use that for the wrong reasons. And it's right. very hard to, when I first started training, I was newly sober. Like I wasn't far removed from doing drugs and I didn't want people to train with me because of my story, because of, uh. because of motivation. I wanted to become an expert in my product and right. my ability to train. I wanted people right. to train with me because I'm good at training, not because I got some story right. of overcoming, right. which I could probably easily use right. to, for what? For, well, I think you use it at the right time. Yeah. You use it when it's, when it's meant to be used. If yeah. that makes sense. Like there's going to be situations where it's going to be beneficial for certain people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's just, that's almost like stepping away from the training side of thing. That's more like the life, yeah. the life, the life side of it in a way. Yeah. I think it's good. All right, man. I think this was good. I, I know it was. First one in the books. Yeah. This was excellent. Little microphone issues. Just so you know, I walked in, Best Buy was closed. So I had to get this connector adapter, whatever it is, at Target, in this cup right here. Mm-hmm. That's how I walked in. That's how I walked through Target with, with that cup, cup in my hand. It's nice. With a mug. Yeah. Not a travel mug. Not yeah. a travel cup. I walked in with just an open fate, open, open mug, like like Target was my living room. How do you feel about it? Like, you can do it again. I felt really powerful. <laughs> yeah. So you're new, like. <laughs> you know what I? You know, I felt Funny, like, I gotta go run some errands. Give me my mug. I was like, wow. Yeah. I was like, this is something my dad would do. Yeah. Because my dad would always leave for work with just his mug. Yeah. And his big thing was like, while he drove to work, he had to drive smooth enough so he didn't spill it. That's yeah. how I learned to drive. So my he used dad. used to put a mug on the, the dad. I, I, I okay. can infu- My dad, you know, you put your elbow on the center console. Yeah. 
it shakes. Yeah. So he, I, early, he's like, see, you can't do that. If you want to drink your mug in the car, yeah, you got to keep your elbow off the ground, yeah. off the center console. Yeah. Yeah, or else you're spilling it. He used to put the, the, the mug on the center console and then say, you have to drive and it can't leave it. So you have to drive that smooth. Yeah. And it may, it may part be the Constraints reason. led approach right there. It may be the reason I'm the slowest driver in America. Uh-huh. I don't, like, I don't, nothing can speed me up. Yeah. Like when you did your post about everything else speeding up and then you're just here. Yeah. That's how I live my entire life, dude. Like I can't, I can't get sped up. It's like not in my, it's not in my DNA anymore. No matter how much my wife tries to speed me up, can't happen. I'm really proud of you. Yeah. I, I just, you know. No, it's unbelievable. It's... <laughs> I can't be sped up. No. I'm the, guy, yeah. I'm the guy on the turnpike. If it's 60, I'm going 60. Yeah. And I put it on cruise control, and I make love to that one lane that I'm in. Are you going to turn that into really, a goatee? And we really get to know Are you each other. turn it into a goatee? <laughs> shave no, your head, grow a goatee? I'll shave this whole thing. Yeah. I try to get the hair to connect here. Yeah. But it's it's rough, man. It's rough. All right. All right, man. This was great, Bobby White. Uh, where can where can people get the? Where go to my the- Instagram, Bobby White, B O B B Y W H Y T E. I actually talked to Combo on the way down for like thirty five minutes too. Bobby White. White. <laughs> How's Combo doing? He's doing great. Yeah. Yeah. What up? What up? O N E T W O C O M B O. <laughs> you can follow him at Mike Dunn, M I K E D U N N. Combo Nation. What up? Yeah. Um, that's awesome. I met Combo out one night in New York City. Yeah. Yeah, randomly. He popped in there. Started drinking some... He was drinking... I think he was like drinking Jack and Ginger or something nice. like that. Just out in those out in those New York streets. Good old good old Combo. Uh, but yeah, go go get Bobby's program. He sent it to me. I think I think anybody can benefit from it. Um, and I think the most one of the most powerful things that was said was the fact that if you if you're really dedicated to learning something or you really want to get better at something... You can you can tackle what he's calling phases, and literally spend an insane amount of time within them. Like it's not like oh I went through the phase I'm done. Yeah. No, go through the, like I tell my players all the time. We're gonna go do this again and again because each time that you go through it, you're going to start to feel things and connect to things like you've never connected to them before. And you only get that by just showing up and by doing it and being deliberate. And it it, it goes also into that results only type work environment like mm-hmm. you're there to get the results how deep can you go into this stuff and let that catapult you into different things so i think that that's uh that was a really cool thing thank you you got anything else to say man nope <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody uh that's it and until next time i'm going to do more guests because um because i got time i'm my own boss and i can kind of do what i want to do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's how we're going to do. Everybody have a good time. Uh, that's the end of the Keep Shooting Podcast. I don't know what episode this is. I stopped counting episodes a long time ago. But this is the Bobby White episode. I hope you enjoyed it.